I'm Sarah. I'm Shruti. And I'm Grace. And we are the Book Hoes. Thanks for joining us this week. We're going to be talking about Always and Forever Lara Jean, the new movie adaptation, which is the third in the Two All the Boys I Loved Before series that came out last month on Netflix. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been reading this week. So, Shruti, what did you read this week? Well, this week I actually read some books, so that's exciting. Um, I read two books um, that are very similar because they're both modern marriage of convenience books. So I read Call Me Crazy by Melanie Harnlow and this one, Marriage of Convenience, but it was more, um, it wasn't enemies to lovers, but it was like rivals or opposites to lovers. So there was like the antagonism going on there. Um, that one was fine. It was pretty fun. Um, I think I gave it three stars because um, it was, it was okay. And then the other book that I read, again, Marriage of Convenience, was Like You Love Me by Adriana Locke. Um, this one was a Friends to Lovers Marriage of Convenience. And so naturally, I liked it a little bit more. And I gave this one four stars. Um, it was just really cute. Both of them are like, you know, we need to get married for job. Re- Both of the heroes actually were like, we need to get married for job reasons. And the heroines were like, sure. Um, and Call Me Crazy, the, in the she wants a baby. So she's doing it for like his sperm. Um, but then, of course, they naturally end up having sex. Um, and I will say, this is a problem I've noticed, and I, I, I'm sure there are books out there who don't have this problem, but most of the ones I've been recently do. When a heroine has a fertility issue, I get why sometimes the author will then give them a miracle baby, but it's very, very irritating. And I really would like for once them to have a fertility issue, accept it, be sad about it, and then adopt. Like, still have a kid, just adopt. It's fine. Like, yeah, so that was my one, that was my biggest issue with that book. And that's probably, and I think that's why I gave it three stars. Um, because yeah, I'm sick of the fertility issues and then leading to Miracle Baby. Um, although to be fair, this one wasn't a full Miracle Baby because she did like go through fertility treatments, but still, I was annoyed. Um, like You Love Me, she wanted to get married because she needed money, but you know, so the usual marriage of convenience things. But anyway, those were both good. I did enjoy them. I don't know why I was in a marriage of convenience, uh, like little kick there, but there we go. Then I also started reading and I'm about like halfway, a little bit more than halfway through When the Duke Was Wicked by Lorraine Heath. So I was like, let's do a historical romance because this was a Friends to Lovers historical romance, which there aren't very many of I've noticed. And it's really annoying to me because that's my brand is Friends to Lovers, obviously. Um, And I think I would enjoy But this is the thing, but the thing with this book is what as I was reading it, I was like, I don't really like historical romances, you guys. Like I do, but like a lot of, I'm reading it and I'm like, I'm going to suspend my disbelief and I'm going to ignore how much I hate some of these things because I do like other parts of it. Like I like um, basically, so this, there's the, the thing is, even when I describe this book, there's so many things I don't like. So there's a pretty big age gap between um, the hero and the heroine, which I'm not a big fan of, but again, it's historical. So you're like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, he already was married and his wife died. And so he's grieving her, which I'm not usually a fan. Like I can usually be okay with that one, but the way this is being done, I'm not super fan of it. And then I am a big fan of like um, the hero, like teaching the heroine about like the ways of the world and like trying to find a guy and like, how, how do I pick who's married? Like, I love that trope. But then of course, naturally he's like saying no to everybody because he wants to marry her, you know, the usual. And like, that's all fun. And that's why I'm still reading it. But there's like a lot of like misogyny and I don't know, like not aggressive behavior. This one's, we'll get to that in a second. There's not aggressive behavior in this one, but there, I don't know. It just feels, there are times where he's just like, like he, there's literally a scene in this book where they're making out and he's like, and it's from her perspective. And she's like, she doesn't say yes. Like he's like looking at her. She doesn't say yes. And he just keeps going. And like, there's a whole point about like, oh, she didn't say anything. So that must be mean it's okay. And I'm like, mm, mm, that's, that's not what consent is. 
So that really, really bugged me. And I really do hate that historical romances are like, we don't have to, we can have consent issues because that's a, that's reflective of the times. I'm like, but you're writing a modern day book. I'm, I don't know. So that really bugs me. And I wish, and I, I think I do need to read more historicals that are like more modern, that are like been written by more mo- modern authors, because maybe I will enjoy them if they didn't have consent issues or like period. I don't know how to describe it. Like just like historical viewpoints on things, whatever. So I'm enjoying it so far, but there are a lot of issues with it. I was just going to say, you know what? Historical romances don't have consent issues. Jane Austen. You know why Jane Austen doesn't have consent issues? Because they don't really have sex in them. Exactly. Which is, which is fine. <laughs> I mean, and that's fine. Obviously, Jane Austen is great. And we love Jane Austen. We, we stand Jane Austen on this podcast. The problem is, is that I think you should be able to write a sexy historical romance that deals with consent well. Because what is more sexy than consent? I suppose. I suppose. Anyway, so the other book that I'm also reading is my uh, paper copy, paperback copy, so not an ebook for once in once in my life, a really long time, of Romancing Mr. Bridgerton, which is the fourth book in the Bridgerton series. This is my third time re- reading it. I mainly picked it up because I just wanted some serotonin because life is hard right now because um, we're going back into the school and all of those things. So like life is hard. So I was like, I just want the serotonin of reading Romancing Mr. Bridgerton, which was my favorite in the series. Um but as I'm reading, and I mean, I'm getting that serotonin because the first half of this book is amazing and I love everything about it. And like, I'm really enjoying myself. Um, but I will say one of my friends, I also made my friend read this book recently because I'm making her read the books in the series. And she was saying how like, she loves this book as well. But there's some st- stuff in the second half that I've been thinking about recently as well that really make me mad at Julia Quinn for including them because like, why, why take this lovely hero who is awesome and charming and really funny and then make him really controlling and aggressive when he doesn't need to be. But again, so I'm just in this very, this is the the week I was having was reading historical romances and realizing that for whatever reason, authors feel like they need to include these, make their male characters really aggressive and controlling and like misogynists when they really don't need to be. And it's very annoying. Um, And again, I think there's some things that you can, there's obviously some things that people can ignore and let slide and that will affect people in different ways. Like for me personally, in Romancing Mr. Bridgerton, the issues in there didn't bother me as much as, say, some of the issues in some of her other books. Um, but that's, again, personal preference. But I know that there are people who actually really hate Romancing Mr. Bridgerton. Very few, however, because it is, I think, the most popular book on Goodreads. Um, but, you know, and that's valid, too. They're wrong, but they're, it's valid, too. That's, that's what I read this week. How about okay. you, Grace? What did you read this week? So I am still reading Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas. I am obsessed with it. However, I have not had much time to read, so I have not made much progress in it. But just know that I am obsessed with it. I'm trying to finish it. It's due. I, I got it from the library and it's due Friday, but it shouldn't take me too much longer. I'm like halfway through. And, you know, I highly recommend when I finish it, I will give more thoughts. But it, it's a great time. It's a great time. Sarah, what have you been reading? Um, I've actually read a decent amount this week. Never Shruti level, but still decent for me. Um, I've been trying this thing called uh, utilizing my time well and not scrolling on TikTok for hours on end. Um, it's been going okay be some days. Yeah, I've been trying really hard. It hasn't always worked out, but it has worked out enough to the point that I finished reading my year of rest and relaxation by Odessa Mashfeg. Um, It was really good. I think I gave it like four and a half out of five stars. I really loved it. Um, if you like I don't, I don't really know what else to say about it, except if you like, like literary fiction, you'll probably like this book. It's just like, 
you know, it's, it's a literary fiction book. What can I say? It was good. It was a good time. I loved the writing style and it was also, oh, it was also a satire. I forgot to mention that. So if you like, like satirical kind of things, definitely check it out as well. Um, I really, I'm glad that I finally read it. I did have it for a long time before I did. I think it was one of those books that I really wanted to read, but I was waiting for like the perfect moment to read it. But last week I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. And I'm glad I did. So that was a good time. And then while I was still reading that, I had a big project to work on for my classes. So I just popped on the Evelyn Hugo audiobook, which is our group read for March. Um, I ended up getting it from Libro FM because I had a credit which is an audiobook service that benefits independent bookstores. Haven't talked about it in a while, but you should use that. And um, I ended up listening to like 80% of it in one day and the next 20% the next oh, wow. day because I listened on two and a half speed. So it went by very quickly. And um, all I'll say is uh, Rip to Shruti and Grace. This book is a lot. I forgot, like, I forgot how much this book is, especially Rip to Shruti and everyone else who doesn't like sad books because it has some sad stuff. Well, <laughs> so um, I should start reading it soon because it's going to take me a while, huh? Yeah, maybe. I don't know if it'll take you a while to sad. I don't know. I won't say anything else. It's up to you. Okay. But okay. Um, yeah, but uh, we'll talk about it more in our discussion episode on March 29th of this month. So join along and read with us if you're interested. Um, so after I listened to that, I started reading Memorial by Brian Washington. It is a book about these two men in a relationship. They live in Houston, Texas, and they live together. And one of them, they've been together for like four years, I think it is. And the relationship is kind of starting to like not like fall apart, but just like they're kind of starting to grow apart. And um, the one guy's dad lives in Japan and he gets news that he's dying. So, oh, and his parents are divorced, by the way. So his mom flew to Texas to see him. But immediately after the mom gets there, the son has to leave to go visit his dad before he dies. So the mom is just chilling at the house with her son's boyfriend. And they're just like vibing out. It's kind of an interesting story. I love the writing I went into it kind of nervous because I heard weird things about the writing but so far I love it I'm only like 50 pages into it but a lot has happened in the 50 pages so far so I'm very interested to see where the story goes and just how they're how it kind of like builds on the relationship and like the guys like I don't know if he's gonna form like a friendship with the mom I don't know I'm very interested to see like what happens um so so far I definitely recommend that one and then I did something that I didn't think I was going to do. Um, actually, there's oh, two no. things in the story that I didn't think I was going to do. So the Shadow and Bone trailer came out, like, what it was it last week or something? Um, I postponed watching it as long as I could. And then I watched it. And I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. You know, like, it looks okay. And I decided that I was going to reread the Grisha trilogy as well as Six of Crows before the show came out. Because I didn't remember, like, watching the trailer made me realize how little I remember from the book series. And I was like, I, I can't go in like this. But the thing is, I wanted to listen to it on audiobook, and the Grisha Trilogy and Six of Crows are tragically Audible exclusive audiobooks, um, oh. which uh, should be illegal. I hate I agree. Them. Yeah, that's just, it's so stupid. I um, know. I've looked for them before, like, a ton yeah. of times, like, at my library, and nope, yep. they're not there. Audible exclusive. So Wait, wait, um, wait, wait. Sorry, yes. I, have an I have an idea. Do you, does your library do playaways? I don't know. Because those are like little MP3 players yeah, that just have the MP3. audiobook. You could try that, but they don't go very fast. So I don't know if you would like it. 
Yeah, I do. I'm up to like two and a half speed now. It might not be fast, enough yeah. me, but I'll try it. I'll try it. <laughs> I'll have to check because so I ended up starting an audible free trial again, which I didn't think it would let me do because I've done a free trial and gotten a free book before, but it let me do it again. So I was like, okay, so I used my free trial to get the second book in the series because I already bought the first book on Kindle back in the day when publishers would do like 199 sales for Kindle books and they're trying to get their backlist to hit the bestseller list again. Um, and I had bought Shadow and Bone back in the day and that's how I originally read it. And because I had it on ebook, Amazon let me buy the audio for $3. So I bought the audio for $3 and then I got <laughs> the, the, uh, the second book for free. So life hack, I guess. And then I immediately uh, was ready to cancel my Audible account, but I still don't know how I'm going to read the last one. So maybe I'll try the playaways at my library if they have them. Yeah. Thanks, Grace. You're <laughs> welcome. Solution because I don't fellow pay librarian. Money. <laughs> no. See, I yeah. was going to tell you you should have spent mm-hmm. your money on the third one, and because that's the better one. But you know, anyway. I didn't spend money on it though. That was my free one. That's fair. I got it for free. That's, <laughs> but, that's valid. Yeah, the third one. I'll listen to it somehow. I know that one is better, but. You're making me want to also reread, even though I only read them like a year ago, you're also making me want to reread them. But um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Because I still also need to, you know, finish Six of Crows and Cricket Kingdom. Yeah, you do. I'm just kidding. I need. Yeah, I, yeah. You I need, need to, to read all of that. I'm, okay, so here's, so I'm finishing Cemetery Boys. I'm watching a show right now. I'm on the last season. I'm like halfway through and I'm like, I'm going to finish this show this week and then I'm free. I'm free. All I will do, I'm shifting into high gear and I will read these damn books. I will read them by the time the show comes out. I can do it. Okay, I just have you, to focus this start, week. When you start Shadow and Bone, I will also start Shadow and Bone. And then maybe but I'll maybe catch up because it's going to take me a really long time to read Six of Crows. I have a feeling in, in Crooked Kingdom because I'm going to absorb them. Also, it takes me forever to read anything nowadays because life is hard. Life is hard. Life is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I am excited, I guess, to read them again. I don't know. I'm about 15 I think I only got 15% of the way into Shadow and Bone because I just listened to the audiobook for a little bit yesterday um but it's 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 you know it's fun so far maybe I'll like them more than I remember and then um once I finish reading those I will be rereading Six of Crows which I'm excited for I've been looking forward to that so I'm very excited to get to that point I probably won't listen to the audio of Six of Crows because that's just too much to get to Amazon for and also I like, I, I look forward to reading that one more than the Grisha trilogy. So I'll probably be fine just reading it in paper. But um, yeah, so that's what I read this week. So before we get into our discussion of the Always and Forever Large movie, here's a word from our sponsor. And we're back. So did either of you reread the book before watching the movie? <laughs> reread i have still only read the first book and that is it and that i think will all be what happens i did reread and what a time i had good times that i had i also rewatched all the movies but i kind of didn't pay attention during them i like put them on and stared at twitter a fun fact fun fact that no one cares about but i i always associate the first movie with okay it came out it came out like a few days after i sprained my ankle because i was running away from a roach and um, I always associate that movie with my ankle being sprained. It was sprained for a couple weeks. Yeah, I also rewatched the first two movies in like, I watched, well, I watched the first one two days ago and then I watched the second one yesterday and then today I watched the third one. So 
that that was my journey. Yeah, I also rewatched the movies before the third one came out. I intended to reread the books, but like it, it came up so fast. Time just got away from me mm-hmm. and I didn't have time. I would have loved to, especially because I've only read the last one once and I but I think it was my favorite. So I should have I wish I had read it again. Maybe I still will in the future. Um, but I just rewatched the first two movies. I actually hadn't watched. See, I watched To All the Boys I Love Before, the movie, like once a month. Like it's my go-to, like just throw it on the background movie if I need something like fun while I fall asleep. Like that's my movie. But P.S. I Still Love You, I literally hadn't watched since it came out. So yeah. it was interesting <laughs> to watch it again um, because I didn't dislike it as much as I thought I did last year but it still wasn't like good so it was interesting going in with that I have a similar feeling I don't rewatch the first one as often as you do it sounds like but mm-hmm. I, I watch it every now and then and I've only seen the second one the time it came out and mm-hmm. I learned something and I think I actually learned it because Shruti retweeted a tweet about it but what I learned is that apparently the first movie was directed by a woman and then mm-hmm. the next two have been directed by a man and that yes. like Hollywood or, you know, the powers that be like to be like, oh, a movie is successful. Let's get a man and it'll be better somehow. Yeah. I don't and that, that never happens. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you remember, but when the second one came out, the woman who directed the first one had liked a bunch of tweets about how much worse the second Ooh, one was than the first one. I did and, not. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you can't even be mad at her because you're like, she's right. right. Like the second one was not as good. Mm-mm. And I don't know. I'm not saying it was because it was not directed by her or directed by a man or whatever, but like the correlation is. There, I'll say so, it. You know? I'll say it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> That's someone, why. <laughs> as someone who has literally just watched these three movies back to back to back, the first movie is significantly better than the second one. And it's because it leans heavily into rom-com tropes. Cause that's mm-hmm. what it is. It's a rom-com. That's the point of yes. it. Whereas the second one, it gives you rom-com tropes, but with the wrong couple. Right. So like, that's the problem because now listen, listen, if we, if you did not hear our, our episode last year, when we did um, PS, I still love you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Go back and listen to that. First of all, second of all, I am a John Ambrose fan, okay? I, I freely admit it. I love him. He's amazing. And he's played by Jordan Fisher. So that, like, that doesn't help either. Now, I completely understand Laura Jean and Peter. They're awesome. They're great. Um, they're very cute. They're, that's fine. But like, what really bugged me about the second movie, and I know this is not an episode about the second movie, but like, now that I've watched, now that a year later that I've rewatched this movie. Also, I don't even think I finished it the first time. But anyway, um, is that all of the rom-com tropes fit with John Ambrose and Laura Jean, which is not the couple you're supposed to be rooting for. Like you're supposed to be sympathetic to them, but you're not supposed to be rooting for them at the end because you know, they're not going to get together. And it felt very weird to me. And it felt like someone who didn't understand how to, who didn't understand romance um, and like the romance novel and what it's supposed to be doing. So I did not know at the time um, that it was directed by a male director, but like in hindsight, you can definitely tell. It makes sense. You can totally tell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree with you, I think, because especially watching the movie, like Jordan Fisher did such a good job with uh, Mm -hmm. with John Ambrose's character. And thinking back to when I read the book again, this this episode is not about that, but just give a brief recap in case you didn't listen to our episode last year. Um, 
just kidding. But, um, <laughs> but I read the second book in high school and I was like rooting for Lara Jean to end up with John Ambrose when I read it. And when she ended up with Peter, I was kind of disappointed because he was so like lame. The second movie, I feel like he wasn't as bad as he was in the book, but like he was shady as hell in the book. Yeah. So I get why I get, I totally get the John Ambrose love. Um, I, when I, the first time I read the second book, I also thought Peter was shady and that was last year. That was my first time reading it. And then this year I reread it and I knew why he was being shady and I was less angry with him, but it's only because I knew if I, exactly. not knowing made me really mad at him. I definitely think movie Peter is way better. Um, I said this after watching the first one, like, cause I only read the first book, but like, I really did not like Peter in that book and that's why I will never read the other two books um but I do think the movies did a much better job with his character um and even in the second movie even though overall the movie is not that great um Peter's fine like he's not the he's not the problem with that movie like none of the characters are the problem with that movie it's just like the way the movie was structured I guess yeah um agree Mm -hmm. yeah so what were your general thoughts on the third movie I it was good it was fun. I had not a lot of thoughts. <laughs> or I, I did I did have some, I didn't have like a lot of beef mm-hmm. with it, but I was like, this could have been better. I agree. That was basically my thoughts too. Yeah. So for me, I had very low expectations because I had never read the book and, you know, I literally just watched the movie an hour ago. Um, so, but I, I, I mean, to me, it just was like a high school romance. It was a very, it was very like YA I mean, because it is a YA. It was basically just YA high school romance to me. And it like was fine. Like, I think this was exactly what I was expecting because this was what I would expect for a high school romance. Um, and it was fine. Yeah. So that was, yeah. It was just, it was fine. Yeah, I agree. And that's what totally, but that's what bothered me about this movie. Because in the book, there was so much going on. There were so many different like storylines and like so much she was dealing with. And with her between like her family like her sisters and her dad getting married and then there was much more stuff going on with Peter not like fights in their relationship but like there was stuff with his mom there was stuff with like a lot of different things going on her friends and everything just like general senior year and the book did such a good job of handling all those different topics then the movie it was it was very generic generic is a good word for it it was just there wasn't anything wrong with it but it just didn't it did nothing stood out and yeah. it changed so much from the book and it kind of took away like the heart of the book for me like like I said this was my favorite book in the series and it just it took away like everything I liked about it and replaced it with things that I didn't necessarily dislike that were just kind of um boring I guess and you know what one of my biggest beefs was the mo- with the movie was the location changes I didn't think it would that be that <laughs> big of a deal but it was in my opinion, it was awful. Oh, <laughs> I, I agree. have a question. Yes. Yeah, on that note, I do have a question. So I mm-hmm. know that in the original book, they're in Virginia. Yes. Yes. And as someone who is in Virginia and went to UVA, I know like one of, I think the college that they changed to Stanford was originally UVA, correct? Yes, correct. What was, what was the equivalent to Berkeley? There, okay, so there's like, there, is that the one she ends no, up at? Which no, one she, she ends up at? at UNC, right? Uh, yeah, she ends up at UNC. And if, I don't remember Chapel what the Hill. equivalent of, 
Yes. Yeah. I, okay. I don't remember what the equivalent of Berkeley was, but it, there was another school. I forgot which one. I'll it's like Queen, it something Mary. Mary is in the title. Oh, William and Mary. William and Mary. 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 Okay. It was William and Mary. So, yeah. yeah. Like, I know all of the Virginia schools. So, like that makes sense mm-hmm. to me. And um, so I was talking to my friend who also went to a Virginia college and we were talking about this and we're like, and we're kind of disappointed that they're not talking about Virginia colleges. Cause like as a Virginia, we're like, Oh, we know these colleges. We know what's going on. Um, so yeah, that was, I was a little, cause I knew about that much. So I was a little sad when I saw the preview, the trailer, when she was talking about New York and Stanford yeah. and stuff, I was like, this is sad. I, I and want Virginia just, back. Yeah. It just proves my point. Like people, I don't know. I feel like filmmakers are afraid to make movies set outside of like New York or Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just want to go up to and be like, places exist places besides Los exist. Angeles and New York city. Like I swear other places exist. I just, I want you to know that it's important to me that you know that. Because I feel like they don't. It also annoyed me, and I am not a Virginian, nor I'm am not I either. Nor am I a North Carolinian, but I am a South Carolinian. So when they went to UNC Chapel Hill, I was like, "I've been to North Carolina. Yeah, this is I fun." Like, <laughs> for me, it was the, I had no personal stake in the college, in the colleges, in the book. It just made sense for her personality. Lara Jean is not a New York girl. I'm so sorry. She would yeah, never. No. She, that whole scene where she was in New York, I was like, I don't, I'm not buying this. I don't believe this. Like I went into the movie like, oh, it won't be that bad. But my, I watching the whole movie. I was like, no, this is not Lara Jean. Lara Jean would not, she's not a New York girl. Like, and I don't mean that that's not a bad thing. Like New York, it, it, she's not the kind of person who would go to New York and be like, oh my God, the city, I'm going to move across the country from my family. Cause it's like, we are so random. We brought a couch on the subway or what the fuck ever they did. I was like, yeah. this is dumb. This is like, she's not a New York. And you know what else? It made the ending so much more unbelievable. Like the across the country long distance is so different than UVA and UNC long distance. I think that's like UVA Correct. and UNC in the book was like four hours. I yeah. think that away. Mm-hmm. But California didn't know. I was just like, guys, no. <laughs> I was like, well, that this sucks is- for them. They will not they will not last much longer after this movie ends. <laughs> exactly. Like in the book, in the book, you had a little bit of hope. You're like, okay, like maybe it'll work out for them. Maybe it won't, but maybe it will. Cause like four hours, whatever. But across the country, I was like, seriously. And no. the other thing is Lara Jean, she, I know it was a whole, I don't think she would move that far away from her family. Like, I really don't think she would. She wouldn't, like I said, she wouldn't go to New York and be like, oh my God, it's like so magical or whatever. Like she doesn't seem like one of those people to me. So that was really, it wasn't that I had, like, it wasn't even that I, like, I did, you know, East Coast represent, like, whatever, (laughs) but also just, like, her personality, I don't know, it just didn't work for me. Like, if, even if they had her choose another school in California, four hours away from Stanford, like, at least that would have been a little bit more believable, because then she's still on the same coast as her family, the ending would be a little bit more believable, it would make a little bit more sense, because to me, she's not, I just don't see Lara Jean as a New Yorker. I think why they did this is because they were pressed for time. And so in the mm-hmm. book, they do go to New York. That's their school yep. trip. And then there's yeah. also she and Chris take a trip to UNC yeah. and she falls in love with it. And da, da, da. I feel like they thought that a, a good solution to that would be to squish them together probably, and cut the runtime. And it makes sense why they did that. But it also doesn't make sense for Lara Jean's character, right. like you were saying. I agree. On that same note, that's making me think about how... Stanford and UVA are like nothing alike um other I guess they're like prep they're not even prep I don't even I guess you could argue they're like smart schools um but like Stanford is Stanford and like UVA is great and all but it's not Stanford and also I think it's hilarious that he's going to play lacrosse at Stanford like what who plays lacrosse at Stanford 
like UVA lacrosse. Hey, they won the national championship two years ago. So like, this is a thing. This is an it actual made thing. more sense. You're so, so right. I forgot about that. Cause they did say that in the book, it made more sense right. for it to be UVA, UVA is a lacrosse is, a, is mm-hmm. actually like a lacrosse school. So, I mean, I guess, I don't know, maybe Stanford is a lacrosse school for all I know, but I don't know. It just didn't make sense that he would be getting a scholarship to Stanford. I don't know. It just, it didn't make sense no. to me because even schools like that who are giving sports um, scholarships still require a certain level of grades. And from what I understood about Peter, his grades were not great. So this looked weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't sit right with me. Um, this is my personal message to filmmakers everywhere that places other than New York and California exist. I promise you, Look outside of your Los Angeles bubble. I swear other places exist. <laughs> well, what's funny is that the to all the boys movies don't even take place in Los Angeles because I I thought they did. And then I was like, wait a fucking minute. It's snowing mm. in this second I movie. Think it, so I think it, it's Oregon. I think it is. Somewhere yeah, in there. it's like up north. So I guess it's a little mm-hmm. bit better. But I think I think in this third one, Chris says something about Portland. So I assume it's yeah. Portland. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. So again, I have only seen the movies for the second and third books, third, whatever. Um, and so I'm pretty sure tr- is Tre- Trevor is not a book character, correct? He's he is. For the movie. He's, he's he in is. the second. He's in the second one. But he's not in the third? I don't know. Hmm. Maybe. Anyway, I thought like him and Chris's relationship were like way more interesting to me for reasons. Um, and then, but I really enjoyed about the third movie was the squad the friendship stuff I feel like there could have been more and I'm assuming there was a lot more of that in the books um but it was giving me a lot of senior year vibes and I was like I I lost my yearbook I realized this year that I had lost my senior year yearbook so I was very sad about that for a moment while watching this movie Um, but yeah it was giving me a lot of senior year flashbacks I did enjoy some of the stuff like the prom scenes I thought were really cute but yes so I really enjoyed the squad scenes yeah, one thing I liked uh, that the movies did was Lara Jean's friendship with Lucas, I think his name is, um, who she actually, she wrote a love letter to him before the first one, and then he finds out about it. And then they, in the movies, they kind of develop a friendship. Maybe they did in the books too. I do, really don't remember. It wasn't that big of a part of the books if they did, um, or I'm just like not remembering right. But I did love that they made them friends in the movie, and he was like kind of in their group with, uh, with Chris. I thought that was cute. Um, what I was going to say, and Sarah may have just said it, I wouldn't know. I ran away. But what I was going to say is that I, the, so stop me, but I thought that the senior year vibes in the book were much more immaculate and popped off more than the vibes in the movie. Because like in the book, they go to beach week. Yeah, there's the yeah, yearbook thing senior week. yeah you're right senior senior mm-hmm. trip they do that in the movie too the prom and then there's just like the thing the unc chapel hill like that genuinely was i think my favorite part of the book because like mm-hmm. they're like we're young it's um her larging and chris are like larging like surprisingly gets into the school and the same day chris is like let's just let's drive there and go see it and so they drive larging's phone dies like they're living in the moment. They are young people and they go to a concert and they like ask people where the, where the good restaurants are. And like, they're like, she's like thinking in her head, like things about college, the college that she likes and like how she can see herself there. And I was like, oh my God, that's like, it just took me back to when I was looking at colleges mm-hmm. and I was trying to picture myself at the colleges. And it's just, the vibes were immaculate in the book. Like I was literally like, I didn't know I was nostalgic for this time in my life, but here I am. <laughs> and the movie just like didn't, it didn't deliver on that as much 
it tried to, but because it changed, like, so many of the, like, the scene where Lara Jean and Peter, like, almost have sex is, like, word for word the scene in the book, pretty much, but it, the setting's different, the sh- mm-hmm. situation is different, and that changed the vibes, even though I know they, ch- I'm sure they ch- thought that it was fine, but they were just altering tiny things, but because they altered the situations, but kept the dialogue the same, it still changed the vibe. Yeah. The things they altered were small, but they were all together were what made up the vibes of the book. So when you Mm -hmm. take away all of those small things, you're taking away like the whole vibe of the book. And I definitely agree with you. The senior, the senior, the senior year vibes were much more immaculate in the book. And one of the things I wanted to add about UVA that made it so important that another reason it wasn't just that Peter wanted to go in the books, it was that her mom went to UVA and her mom used to take them to the library when they were kids. And she'd be like, this is where you guys can go to college and like all this stuff. So it added another layer of like, not like pressure, but like, I guess kind of pressure for her to go to UVA. And then when she didn't get in, she felt like she let down her mom, she let down Peter, she let down everyone. But then she goes to UNC and kind of sees that she can, you know, make her own way in life. And like, she's not disappointing her mom because she's, you know, forging her own path and finding things that make her happy too. So I think that also was just like a whole other layer that was just not there in the movie. Yeah, I agree. And the another missing layer while we're talking about missing layers, the wedding between her dad and Trish. Sounds right. Sounds right. I don't know if it is, but we're going to say it is. Who's the neighbor that her dad starts dating is like a, such a bigger, I feel like it's a bigger thing in the book, but also like Margot, who is large yes. sister has like a whole thing about it. Cause she does not like that. They're getting married. She and the neighbor are fighting all the time. And it was like such a like big plot point of the book. And they scrapped that. And instead they gave a plot point to Kitty who has some sort of boyfriend. Yeah. In- Kid, the, random, the random kitty subplot was so weird. I was like, why are you taking away so many things from the book and adding in this? Yes. I, yeah, they added in, they had one throwaway line in the movie where, where the, I forget the woman's name, but she was like, Margot, like, thanks for accepting me in your family. And she was like, you're welcome. Love you. Can't wait for you to join. I was like, excuse me? Yeah. That, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. There's also this weird part of the movie where, which and I guess now makes a little bit more sense where they were um, talking about how she'd really like changed up the furniture and the decorations and stuff. And Laura Jean's like, it's weird. Like it's okay, but it's weird. Um, I thought they were going to lead like, into the Margot thing with that, but they didn't. Me too. Right. I, I thought that was going to, I mean, even for me, I haven't read it. I was like, I thought that was going to like become more of a thing, but it, it didn't, it didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So like, Oh, I guess it's just thrown in there. And that's the thing. They kind of did do that with several things from the book. I feel like, like they threw some things in but didn't follow through with them. And again, I get it's a movie. you got to cut stuff. But like, why? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Follow through with one of them. Exactly. Don't just, don't just tease a bunch of things and then not follow through because that's more unsatisf- unsatisfying than if you had just not brought it up Exactly. All, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You want to know what I think the most unsatisfying thing about these movies is? What? Um, oh, yeah. I know what you're going to say. Laura Jean, or I mean, Kitty's dog, Jamie Foxx Pickle. Is not in any of the movies. And that's like the most important character in the books, the full plot, mm-hmm. full character arc. And the, the way that that dog changes throughout the three books is just like chef's kiss, great character development. So I'm, I'm just, I just think that that was a missing, missing opportunity on the movie's part. You're so right. We stand Jamie Foxx pickle justice exactly. for Jamie Foxx pickle in the <laughs> movies. <laughs> uh, Sarah brought this up earlier, but Grace wasn't paying attention. 
Um, is Lucas a big part in the book? Yes. Do they become friends in the book? I didn't remember. They do. They're pals. Oh, I didn't remember. I was saying, I love how the movies made them friends. I don't remember that in the book, but I guess I just have a bad memory. The movies continued their friendship. Yeah. There, I mean, I think it's a similar degree of friendship in both. She's obviously like way closer to Chris in the books. Right. But I think that's, mm-hmm. that could be said for the movies as well. I did feel like they did a really great job of having good Chris moments in there where you saw them being friends, like especially after the breakup and stuff like that. I thought that was really good. Um, but there wasn't enough Jen, actually, I felt like. Because I felt like the second movie, that was like one of the highlights of the second movie for me was Laura Jean and Jen and like them reconciling a little bit and like the treehouse moment where they both re- revealed that they had put friendship places in. Um, and I thought that was like a really good moment. So I was like, I thought that was a little weird. Like obviously they had like the NYU bonding moments in this movie but I thought that there could have been I don't know I that was the one thing I noticed in this movie was like a little lacking well one of many things but the thing is I don't think they became like close friends after the second one like there's too much like history there but they were Mm -hmm. like peaceful and actually the movie did a good job of showing like what kind of relationship they had where they were like friendly but they kind of had too much history to really get like close you know what I mean right and I don't I think I ever expect them to be close again but I wish we had gotten more of those like frenemy vibes from them I guess I I actually preferred the way the movie handled that was one of the things I thought that they did well is the Jen and Laura Jean relationship because in the book Jen is like mentioned like three times and it I mean it makes sense like there are some people in life that you lose touch with and you just don't talk to again and that's how it is but I kind of liked how in the book they like kind of reconciled because I mean in the movie in the movie they kind of reconciled even though like you said like there's too much history for them to be as close as they were but it, I liked it I liked what they did in the movie I thought it was nice and I thought there were it was realistic too because there were like hints that they could be friends in the future like they're both going to NYU like maybe they'll be able to like let things go and you know become friends again in the future but like at that point they just like weren't there yet right exactly makes sense I wish I had more good things to say about the movie because the movie, it wasn't bad. I just can't like specifically pinpoint anything that I really like loved about it. It was, I remember I watched it and I, I, th- I think I tweeted it and I texted Grace. I was like, what did you think of the movie? Because I really don't, I didn't have a strong reaction to it. Like the first one I watched it and I had a strong reaction. I loved it. The second one I watched it, I had a strong reaction. It was bad. And, but, but this one, I was just kind of like, yeah, that was that that was a movie. Yeah, it was cool. I think I I liked this third one. Um, I think the first one was definitely the best, but I did like this oh, third yeah. one. And I think mm-hmm. it was because, again, I had no expectations for it. So I liked it for what it was, which was a, you know, Netflix rom-com that I can play at 1.5 speed and just watch in the background while I do other things like that's fine. Um, so I did enjoy it. I don't think I'll ever watch it again unless like I have to and like I am with people. Um but again, that's me and my non-reading book re- reading person. So that's fair. I mean, I read the book and I have a similar similar view yeah, of it. I feel like yeah, same. I think I would, I would if I were to rank the movies, I would do obviously the first one first, and then this one, and then P.S. I still love you. In terms, I of, agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I figure. I think most people are probably on the on the same page with that mm-hmm. unless someone really loved I just remembered I did I was like I feel like this whole time I've been like there's something I really liked about the movie and I need to bring it up but I forgot what it was and I'm going to bring it up now because I just remembered and Twitter was talking about this moment so y'all probably will know what I'm going to say but there's a part in the movie where Laura Jean she finds out that she didn't get into Stanford 
and she hides it from Peter because of a miscommunication thing. She sends him the wrong text and he accidentally, it's a mess. It's a mess. And finally she breaks the news to him that she didn't get into Stanford. And like, you're expecting him to be like really upset that he, cause she lied to him for a week or so. And you're expecting that to happen. Da, da, da. And instead he's just like, like, she's like rambling about it. And she's like, I'm sorry. I lied. Da, da, da. And he's like, stops her. And he's like, are you okay? And I was like, this is a man, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I did appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I did appreciate that. And honestly, it was the parts where she didn't tell him were so painful. Uh-huh. Like I was watching the mm-hmm. movie with my parents, and when he pulled up in front of her, all of us screamed, no. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah. he was like understanding of it. And yeah, he, he like was. checked he on was, her first. Yeah. He was supportive either way. You know, like if she got in, he was full support. If she didn't get in, he was there to support her anyway. Yeah. So I did appreciate this this movie. For how well it did like a book like a boyfriend in the rom-com i think it showed yeah. peter being like a decent boyfriend who like is not perfect right he still can get upset and he can still make bad decisions but at the end of the day he really does care and he's respectful of her and i think that was really nice. yeah yeah definitely he was a good boyfriend in this movie for the most part yeah i agree i was just saying i mean like they're high schoolers they're not gonna be like the epitome yeah. of romance all mm-hmm. the time <laughs> exactly and honestly this i remember like I said, when I read the first two books, I wasn't fully won over by Peter. Like even after the second one came out and we thought there wasn't going to be another one, I was kind of like unsatisfied. So I was like, I'm not really like feeling Peter. He didn't, I wasn't, I was never really won over by Peter until I read the third book because he, I, he was a good boyfriend in the book too, I think. So that's when, that's when I was really like, okay, like I understand Peter and um, going back and rereading the other books, I was a little bit more like, um, open to him, I guess, because the third one was when I was really more sold on Peter, and I can I can see that in the movie too. Um, he was, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's a good boyfriend. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, I will say this. So the one thing the second movie did way better, where the bits better about the second movie than the third movie, I think the second movie's soundtrack has to be the best of the trilogy. Like I think hands I down, agree. I agree. Actually, yeah, yeah. The second that movie I remember was incredible. Yeah. I listened to that soundtrack for like weeks after the movie came out. I still listen to it. It's a good soundtrack. I listened now. to it for a while too, but now like when I hear it again, I'm <laughs> so the first, second movie came out like right before the pandemic and like things were good. Everyone was vibing. Yeah. So now mm-hmm. when I listen to that music, I'm like, oh, I know That's <laughs> what a time. <laughs> That song about love by Marina on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I, I listened yeah. to it like back and forth to work right before the pandemic. I can't listen to it anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. Um, I will say though, even though this soundtrack was not as good, I did really enjoy the um, beginning, middle, end song, which is I think like the theme for their because it becomes their song in this movie. Um, yeah, I did really enjoy that one. So I did like that one. That was um, good. Um, do we have anything? Any last thoughts on this movie? It was fine. It was yeah. fine. Um, yeah. I was going to say the part, and <laughs> Sarah knows what I'm going to say. Sure, you brought this too. The part where Peter kisses the bowling ball no. is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Aside from that, though, the movie was fine. As a <laughs> As the resident germaphobe on the podcast, let me, I almost turned off the movie. It was so truly horrible. I could not believe that he did that. It was me neither. Like, if I was Noah Centineo, like, I would I would have said no. I don't care if it was never used before. I don't care if it's a prop. I, no. I would have been like, I mean, y'all can CGI me doing it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it, though. <laughs> y'all got stuff to do this. You, you know, get in the studio and make it yeah. happen. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. That was the worst part of the movie. That 
right there worst part of the movie it stuck out of my mind so bad that when I was talking to someone about it like the next day and I was asking if they'd watched it they, and they said no did you watch it and I said yes and they said what did you think about it I was like it was good except for this part <laughs> when he kissed the polling yeah <laughs> and just I feel like a lot of people I saw people talking about that on Twitter a lot too and now with the pandemic mm-hmm. everyone's so much more cognizant, cognizant mm-hmm. of germs so it's kind of like I'm surprised they kept that in the movie like read the room yeah I'm just kidding but also like read the room <laughs> I I mean like yeah it's yeah. true they could have easily cut it out yeah yeah made it the 10% better of a movie exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I guess my final thoughts are, um, this is one of my favorite book series and I am, even though I didn't like love the second two movies, it's, it was still fun having one to look forward to every year. And I'm sad that we won't have, you know, other ones to look forward to, but I'm hoping Netflix will start adapting more young adult books into fun rom-com movies, because I think that would be just delightful. So I guess that's all I have left to say about this movie. I would say the three best things that came out of this series. One, the first movie, I think was a good solid thing to come out of this. Two, the second movie's soundtrack, also a very solid thing to come out of this. Number three, Lana Condor came out of the series. Yes. I forgot to mention this. I think my favorite part of this entire movie, despite everything, is right when they break up. So they have prom, they almost sleep together and then Peter breaks up with her. And there's like a good 30 seconds where you just are like a close-up of of Laura Jean's face and Lana Condor kills that moment. Like she's just staring at, you're just staring at her face and you can see her heart breaking and she's just like going through expressions and like moments and it's like incredible. And basically Lana Condor is the queen and she deserves better. I agree. And we didn't, we didn't talk about her, like the acting that much, but she's always been like perfect as Lara Jean. Like she Mm -hmm. does such a good job with this character. And I really hope she, she blows up even more in the future and gets Mm -hmm. like so many more roles because she's a great actress. I agree. She like, I think she was the perfect cast. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Well, in to be, to clarify, I feel like there was some discourse when the movie came out because Lara Jean is Korean and Lana yes. Condor is mm-hmm. Vietnamese. Yeah. So there mm-hmm. is that. But yes. right. she does a good job. She does a good job. She does. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would love to see her in more things now. I would too. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. You can send us your thoughts on our various social media platforms about the movie if you would like to discuss or agree or disagree with us. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at bookhostpod. And you can follow us on Twitter at the bookhost. You can also send us an email at bookhostpod at gmail.com. You should also subscribe to our podcast on various platforms, leave a rating, write a review, and then share the podcast with all of your friends. Yes. And another thing you can do on all of those platforms is share your thoughts on the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which is our March group read. You can join us for our discussion episode that comes out on March 29th. And if you read along, you can send us your thoughts. If you send us your thoughts, um, we will discuss, we will read your review and your thoughts during the episode. And a lot of times we name the episode after things people say in their reviews of our group read. So be sure to send in what you think of Evelyn Hugo. 
Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.